fed up of floor robes, driven to distraction and drowning with doom boxes, tired of living in chaos? Welcome to Decluttering Untangled, how to declutter when you're overwhelmed, ADHD or autistic. I'm going to help you uncover the secrets to decluttering, no matter what hurdles you face. You'll discover how to declutter, de-stress and transform your world. I'm Heather Tingle, reformed hoarder, neurodivergent declutter queen and your guide through the maze of mess. Let's get untangled. Hello Untanglers and welcome back to another episode. Um, Today I want to talk about Marie Kondo or rather her method of decluttering, organising and tidying. So I want to talk to you about the positives because there are many and the negatives because there are some of the KonMari method and I think it's important for me to admit that that book for me that she did changed everything so the um, the life-changing magic of tidying um, totally changed things for me it was one of those moments where my ADHD brain bought something so scrolling along linked to an article about this amazing method that was become a New York Times bestseller and it was going amazing it was going to change everybody's life um and I bought it I bought the book and I thought oh this is just going to be one of those books that's going to be on my bedside table along with the you know countless others and it's just gonna, you know, I'm not gonna read it. I'm not gonna do anything about it. But I bought it, and that's the important thing, isn't it? Buying it and not actually doing anything with it. Um, so I thought I was gonna just do that, and then maybe at some point I'd get around to it. And for me, for the first time in a very long time, I didn't do that. And I will say now there is a link to that book in the show notes and she's done quite a few since. So there's like kids ones, there's like cartoony ones that I think are quite good. Um, and there's um, a couple of follow-up ones as well, which I've bought, obviously. Um, and I've kept them because actually that book did change a lot of things for me. I think it's definitely worth a read. I think from my point of view, what it gave me was, it was for me a point where I was able to read. Unfortunately, now I have to do audio books. But at that point, I could read the book and I got really into it. Like I read it really, really quickly. It was very easy to read, which is an absolute bonus. Um, And it gave me a system to follow. So do this, then do this. This is how you do this. And then you're done. And I thought that was that was life-changing for me because I'd never been given any system to follow. I'd never known how to tidy. I'd never known how to declutter. It was just a case of being always being told to do it, but never knowing how or what was involved or the things I had to think about or the things I needed to ask myself. I'd never got that before. So I thought the fact that it gave me a system, a, a roadmap almost to follow, a very loose one to start off with, really helped and I think that if you've been following me for any length of time, you already know that I massively agree with using emotions, not logic, to decide on what stays and what goes. And I thought a whole spark joy concept was quite a good one. Although I think it probably, for me, being a repressed English woman, probably doesn't work as well as maybe um, someone who can understand the whole spark joy thing. So I found spark joy quite difficult because not necessarily everything I want to keep would give me undiluted joy 
And that was quite a hard thing for me to get my head around. Whereas if I thought if something made me smile or I really um, enjoyed seeing it, then that would be my spark joy as opposed to anticipating, you know, songs and rainbows coming out of an item, which let's face it, that doesn't happen for me. So the spark joy concept was a great concept. I don't necessarily like it as spark joy because I think some things you have to keep regardless if they spark joy or not. And funnily enough, she does actually mention that in her book, that things don't always have to spark joy. Sometimes they can work for other reasons than the joyfulness that you get from them. Um, And one of the things that I also really liked with regards to that and really did help me at that moment in my decluttering time was finding gratitude when saying goodbye to things. So letting things go and being aware that they were of that time and you were grateful for them for that moment in time, but actually they weren't part of your future now. And and that, I think for someone who feels very sentimental about the most ridiculous of things, like absolutely everything, although I never actually physically like said goodbye to something in that kind of way or did a little prayer for it or anything like that, I did find that it was quite a useful thing to have in the back of my mind that I could have gratitude for those items and be aware that I could kind of almost say goodbye to them and like I don't need you anymore and that's okay um I thought that was very useful um one of the things that I did disagree with that though that with for example with clothes she's like if something doesn't fit you anymore you should let it go and I really don't agree with that especially as a female um I feel that my weight changes and some things that I don't fit me anymore I absolutely won't let go of because I absolutely adore them so that didn't really work for me with that but I thought on a whole I think the whole process was a, is a good process you know using your emotions and not logic and the big one which I still use with my clients um is by tidying by location and decluttering by location doesn't work. So using categories instead is what works, not location. So where things are don't really help you because if you're doing it room by room, you end up moving things from one room to another and then you realize what you've got one room beautifully decluttered, but the rest of the rooms look like, you know, horrendous bombs hit it full of stuff. So that was a, a really useful thing for me, especially because when I was going through it, I had got so many things in so many different places that it was very, very stressful to get it together. I think one of the drawbacks of this, that if you live in a very cluttered home or a hoarded home, um, especially like the level of clutter I had, getting items together to do that category is actually very difficult until you get to a certain level because you might not know where those items are. Those items might be in doom bags, for example. They might be in like 50 different places. You're not always going to know where they are. Um, So I found that initially quite challenging. But as I decluttered more and more, I found it easier and easier because I'd already like found stuff as I was decluttering and sorting other things and I managed to get them together. So that was quite difficult. But I do believe in that process. I think it's a really important process to have. Um, and it's totally okay to do things by location to start as long as you're working within those categories and finding those categories from elsewhere as well. Um, one of the things that I definitely disagree, and I think that Marie Kondo herself as 
lightened up on a little bit is everything being decluttered at once. So for example, doing all your clothes at once. That for me was just not doable. The amount of time I had, the decision fatigue I had, and you know the space I had. Um, the, I know absolutely that if I'd have put all my clothes onto my bed, for example, apart from that they were always already all over the floor, I wouldn't have been able to get into my bedroom. Um, and I definitely wouldn't have been able to do it in a wanna. And I know that I would have then created more of a mess, which would be more stressful, and I definitely wouldn't have done it. So I did it, I sort of almost created my pave system on the back of this and did like smaller micro categories at once because that's the only thing I could really deal with um mentally if not physically, um, to be able to do that. So I don't agree with that. I think it's also too much for my clients to do, uh, but you can adapt it for your own ends, really. Uh, And the other thing that I definitely don't do, although I did start off with, was folding my socks and my knickers. Um, That absolutely is not something I was managing to keep on top of. I definitely love the idea of folding socks because, you know, your elastic goes around the top and I understand the reasons for it but life's too short for me I I ball my socks I fold them over each other and like they're in a ball and I can find them and grab them um and the same for knickers at that point my knickers were tiny folding knickers is not something that I want to spend any time doing so that is not what is going to be happening for me however the folding method itself was an absolute game changer for me um so folding my t-shirts folding my jumpers folding my jeans that made such a massive difference for me to be able to see all the clothes I had so I could just pick them out um, from the array that I'd got instead of hunting underneath items instead of like um, them being horizontal they became vertical um, and that really helped me know how many to keep as well so that was really really useful and that is something that I genuinely thought there's no way I'm going to be able to keep on top of this like there's no way I'm going to carry on folding this because at that point folding was actually quite difficult for me. Um, I thought I would never keep on top of it and my my drawers would end up slightly less cluttered, but still like just chucked on top of each other. And all these years later, what, seven, eight, probably nearly nine years later, I am still doing it, which shows you how important it is for me because I love, I don't, I still don't love putting things away but I do put them away and I love how it looks. So I do keep on top of that. However, if you're someone that doesn't have many drawers, for example, so maybe you have lots of hanging space, um, or if you prefer hanging clothes instead of um, having them in drawers or folding, then that is not ideal for you. That is going to be quite difficult. And I love the whole idea of having a rainbow wardrobe. It's very home edit. It's very Marie Kondo, having things from light to dark or dark to light. But my clothes don't really work like that. And I would have to like say that, you know, figure out the rainbow thing. So, you know, for me, it's Richard of your gave battle in vain for me to know what um, that acronym for working out the colours of the rainbow. I don't want to have to be saying that every single time I go to my wardrobe. And also I've got clothes that are different colours. So like then I'd have extra stress of knowing where to put them. I don't want that. So I just hang them up by type of item now. Uh, generally, I try and stick to that a little bit. Um, so that, that might not always work for you. One of the big things that 
um, I probably ought to kind of like say is that I did once sign up for one of her courses and that was to become a certified Marie Kondo organizer. And it was a lot of money at that time. Like it was the last of my money. Um, and I thought, well, I could, I could do it. I could become a proper certified organizer. Um, and at that point I just started my, uh, my organizing business. Um, but just after I paid for it, I think it was like, middle of January and end of January I got a massive tax bill which I should have thought about but me being me at that point didn't think about now I I am obviously a bit more organized um I had a massive tax bill and I had to ask for a refund which at the time did upset me but I also thought you know what the practices that they had were a bit too rigid for me and I also thought that at that point my ideal client that I loved working with which is you know clutterbugs um parents who are neurodivergent um and uh, me people with very full homes the KonMari method wasn't the ideal solution for them so I thought actually that was probably a blessing in disguise that I didn't go down that route um the other thing that um I do, I'm more aware of now is that I think she totally changed everything. She made, I don't think the Stacey Solomon and the Nick Knowles type of stuff and you know, um, all that kind of thing would have happened had it not been for Marie Kondo. I really think that we were an awful lot for raising the profile of like companies like APDO, which is the Association of Professional Declutterers, of which obviously I'm a member. Now they were here way before Marie Kondo, but I think it really upped the ante on letting people know that there were people that did this for a living and people could help you do it. Um, But the thing for me is that she was always a tidy person. She grew up very, very tidy and loved tidying. I'm going to say hand on heart, I don't love tidying. I love decluttering. I love seeing transformations. Tidying for me is something I make myself do and I have systems in place so that I do it. And it's a hell of a lot easier when you've decluttered your home and everything's got a space and a home. Um, But, you know, I don't love tidying. Um, And she, you know, she was a bit of an alien to me in that there was this lovely Japanese lady that adored tidying and was really, really, you know, very specific and very tidy and very on it all her life. That is not me. I grew up totally messy person and always going to be if I'm honest a totally messy person the only difference now is that my house works for me um and I'm no longer it doesn't look like I'm a untidy person um the other thing that she said and I kind of agree with is that once you've done it once properly you've kind of done it forever and I have to say I, I almost agree with that in that when I totally decluttered I did end up going back to a few categories to be more ruthless, but generally I, it is being a one and done thing. However, I have had, I have to add to that. I have created systems and strategies to keep on top of it. So if you don't know about the systems and strategies, go look back at that episode a few episodes ago about my PAVE system, systems and strategies, and that will explain a little bit more. But the only way I can keep on top of my decluttered house is by having those strategies. And that book did not give me any of those strategies. And I think you need a combination of both to be able to make it work for you. Um, I think also one of the things I noticed um, more recently, there seems to be quite a, a turn towards it. It's one of those things where over 
anybody does really, really well, people want to, you know, cut them back down again, is it now seems to be grouped with minimalism. And actually, for me, my take on it that KonMari wasn't about minimalism at all. It was about decluttering the things that you weren't bothered about and keeping the things that you adore. And that's going to be different for everybody. So I did like that. And I'm not keen on the fact that it is advertised with, you know, beautiful, white, empty houses with not very much there and, you know, like one pen, one notebook, you know, on a beautifully manicured table and all that kind of stuff. And the fact that she now sells these boxes that are really expensive when in the original method, it was like, don't buy storage, use what you've got available to you, like things like shoe boxes and all that kind of stuff. And I think she's, she, for me, it felt like a bit of uh, cashing in on it, uh, on a success, which I found really uncomfortable. Um, but one of the things that she was definitely misquoted was about having a limit of 30 books. Now, if you know me, maybe you don't, but you know, I used to work in libraries. I love books. I have definitely got more than 30. And actually one of those things that she has come out and said, I was misquoted. I would never set, give you a limit on things that you adore. Just make sure that, you know, you're going to read them, you're going to enjoy them and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's probably important to put the record straight. Um, and also, things have changed for her as well. She now admits that she doesn't tidy every day, although I'm guessing she probably doesn't need to tidy every day. She's probably got a very tidy house anyway. And what she means is she doesn't necessarily reset everything every evening because she's now got three children. And when she wrote the book, she didn't have any children. So that's a very different change. And I think it would be very interesting to know now if there is anything in that original kind of method that now she's got three children, maybe wait till like maybe a couple of them are teenagers and see what happens then. Um, but it'd be really great to know if she'd change anything, because I, I'm pretty certain that she she would change something. So in conclusion, it's a great starting point, the Marie Kondo um, Marie Con Mari method or the Marie Kondo method, but it has got some drawbacks. So you need to adapt it to your own circumstances, but it's definitely worth checking out. Maybe watch a show and get some inspiration um, and see how you feel about it. So there you go. That's my take on the KonMari method. I'd love to know if you tried it. Just, you know, tag me in a post, send me a message. I'd love to know. So until next time, keep being kind to yourself and keep untangling. Take care. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of Decluttering Untangled. If you found anything that I've said today helpful, please do me a favour, hit that subscribe button or leave me a review. It's like receiving a virtual high five that keeps me going and lets me know that I'm helping real people out there and I'm making a difference. Please remember, you're not alone in this. I'm building a community of fellow untanglers over on Facebook. Just visit the show notes for the link to my free decluttering community. So until next time, remember, you're not alone. You're not lazy. You can untangle your life. <laughs>